0: you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky.
1: And I'm Cara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is...
0: Creativity.
1: I think you and I would agree that we're both pretty creative people. I mean we're making a podcast together. How much more creative can you get?
0: (laughs) Yep I agree.
1: But I also think that we are sometimes creative in different ways. You know you've got a fashion blog and you do a lot of like photo shoots and modeling which I don't do. I do like a lot of Book reviews and other kinds of things. So something that's always fascinated me is how creativity manifests itself with such diversity across our experiences. Mm. So I thought it would be nice to talk to you today about our personal experiences with creativity and where those experiences intersect and maybe where they're different.
0: I love it. This is honestly a topic that I can go on and on and on about because I don't know, I'm so fascinated with it. And like you said, it's a, it's a big part of both of our lives. And when I really broke it down and thought about it, I was like, wow, it's super important to me. And I would say it's also super important to you. So I'm very excited to dive in.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I also think it's a nice topic right now because this is something a lot of people have allowed themselves to explore During the pandemic, because so many of us have been in lockdown down style situations where maybe you're not as able to go out and socialize as much. So I know people have been picking up crafting hobbies. People Mm -hmm. have been doing all sorts of creative things to keep themselves busy. So I guess to that end, to start things off, how would each of us define creativity?
0: That's a great starting point. I love that. So for me, I've always felt like creativity is just a way to express myself, just to be in a state of flow, to let my imagination run wild. So sometimes I get like bouts of inspiration and I'll have this like idea or a vision and it'll just pop up randomly. Sometimes I'll be walking, sometimes I'll be in the shower and I'll just get these like these moments of, of inspiration. And, and they often appear as like, something that I want to craft, like a felting project, or even just like styling a photo shoot. And I'm like, "Ooh, okay, that's a cool idea. And how can I make this happen? So sometimes it I make it happen right away. It's instantaneous, maybe it's the next day. Sometimes I you know, I, I let it simmer and uh, I eventually create it. And then sometimes the vision just sort of dies out naturally. So I think that's like part of my process, but I wouldn't say it's like the entirety of it. But I think it just all comes down to expressing myself in, in one one way or another.
1: It's so cool that you brought up the, like, random inspiration moment because i also experience that when i'm ah. like when i've finished a book mm-hmm. i don't write the review like write that moment i always mull it over sometimes for a couple of days sometimes for a couple of hours but i'll start thinking like how do i want to review this book how do i want to start off the review how do i want to structure it mm-hmm. and there are times when I get that flash of inspiration. I might be in the bathtub and suddenly it'll come to me. This is how you want to talk about this book. Mm -hmm. So I really identify with what you're saying there about you have this, it comes to you almost as like this vision sometimes, and Mm -hmm. you have to preserve that somehow, whether it's writing it down or actually like starting the project or something. The same thing happens to me when I'm programming and um, you know, I might be wrestling with a a problem and trying to figure out how to do something. Sometimes the solution comes to me when I'm not actually working on it. And I have to like mm-hmm. run to my computer or quickly like jot down a note. So I just will jog my memory later.
0: Yeah, isn't that so interesting? It's almost mm-hmm. like when you're not super concentrated on it and you're distracted with something else. It's like it's almost like your subconscious just like brings it to the forefront. And it's like, hey, 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 like, this is a cool idea. It's so interesting. I also find that if I'm, yeah, like, if I'm having an issue or if I'm, like, wanting to, like, solve something, I always feel like I'll ask a question or I'll just, like, put it out there and then I'll go to sleep. And it's almost like I allow my subconscious to work it out. And then by the next day, I'll have some sort of solution.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of how I would define creativity, being creative means that you are harnessing your imagination, as you mentioned, to bring into being something that wouldn't have existed otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I, I like to have a very expansive definition of creativity because yeah. I, I find that sometimes we get hung up on creativity as associated with art, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's visual art or performance arts or something. We look at musicians and artists and actors as creative people. And we look at engineers and doctors and scientists as less creative people sometimes. And we start to stereotype and pigeonhole people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's wrong because, you know, you could be a doctor by day and a wonderful artist by night, right? Or a musician. Yep. So on the one hand, people contain multitudes, but then I think it also really short changes those more technical subjects. So like, I consider myself a very creative person, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people, when they look at me, they see me as a logical analytical brain And they'll mistake that for not being creative, Mm. but that's not true. It's just, I don't necessarily think of myself as artistic. So like, for example, uh, you mentioned felting. I know that you felt, I know that you paint. Those are things that I don't really spend a lot of time doing because that's Mm -hmm. not how my creativity manifests. It doesn't necessarily manifest through that artistry. But... I still have to be creative. I have to be creative in my job as a teacher, right? Planning lessons, figuring out how to explain concepts to my students. And there's no way to solve a problem without using creativity. So some of the most creative people in the world are highly logical, analytical people. It's just they are applying their creativity in ways that our society doesn't necessarily value as creative
0: hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on a lot of great points. And especially like the like pigeonholing people. I think oftentimes we think of like, oh, they're using more like left brain or right brain. And I think that's a huge misconception as well. Because it's like, well, let's be real. We use like both sides of our brain. <laughs>
1: exactly. And there's a, there's a related myth, right, that we only use ten percent of our brain, and that's not true exactly. either. We are using almost all of our brain, maybe not all the time, but you know, yep. if, if if you didn't need it, it wouldn't be there. Our bodies are very efficient.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then I like that you said, you know, sometimes the most, you know, people that we look at as very logical. We often think like, oh, they're not creative or they don't have like other skills that are that are different from the more like analytical, logical thinking. But I think, like you said, the two the two relate. And I often see people who are like, take, for instance, my previous CEO at my job. He is very logical. He's very analytical. He also has like a bit of that stereotype of like he doesn't have the best like people skills, but he has created these amazing pieces of artwork like sculptures metal sculpture sculptures that are really cool, and it's just it's fascinating to see like both sides of it and he's also married to an artist, so I think that's just so interesting. I often find a lot of people say or they'll they'll look at what I'm doing. And they'll be like, Oh, I wish I was creative like you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, hold on. Everybody is creative. Like everybody has their unique perspective and their unique take on things. Everybody has different skill levels. And like you mentioned, there's also a bit of a difference between being creative and being artistic. I think when I think of someone who's artistic, it's almost like they have uh, somewhat of an innate skill for let's say like drawing or or painting Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't develop that skill or like improve mm-hmm. it Um, but I think yeah I think creativity just comes from everyone and it doesn't have to be this like pigeonhole idea of oh you're mm-hmm. creative and you're not it's just a matter of like how do you express it? And it could be in any and all types of forms. So maybe we'll let our listeners know, like, how we're each creative. I know you touched on it briefly, but how do you find creativity manifests itself for you?
1: That's a great question. I completely agree with what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, creativity can be a parent coming up with a new way of getting their kid to eat their vegetables, right? <laughs> How do I use my creativity? So many ways, Becky. So many ways. <laughs> I really love reading and also writing. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I had aspirations to be a novelist and to mm-hmm. write specifically fantasy novels. I wouldn't say I've completely given that up, but it no longer consumes me with the same level of passion as it did when I was a teenager and a young adult. Mm-hmm. These days, most of my writing is book reviews and the odd po- the odd blog post or two. And then when I'm not writing for myself... As you are well aware, being one of the beneficiaries, I really take pleasure in editing my friend's work. Uh, You are the one who called me your word goddess, and I love it.
0: And I mean it.
1: I know. Um, And editing also takes creativity because you have to read what somebody else wrote, put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have to try to write things in your voice, right? Because the way I write something would be different from how you write it. Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond writing, you know, I'm a knitter. I don't really create my own patterns that much. Although there are exceptions. I did make my own Sudoku pillow from scratch.
0: Yeah. So cool.
1: Thanks. But even following somebody else's pattern requires some creativity because, you're going to run into situations for where you got to fudge things or adapt things. You know, I've done mittens and socks loosely based off of patterns before. So there is a level of creativity that comes to knitting. If I can be a little immodest, I think one of my creative talents lies in giving great gifts.
0: hmm I, I, it's so interesting that you're saying this cause I, it, it just did not, like pop up in my head right away as like something that's creative but it's so true because it's like you really have to think of what this person likes but like maybe wouldn't buy for themselves and maybe the way that it's packaged and given to them like that's also you also have to be creative about that so I really like that you mentioned this by the way
1: thank you so Becky how do you use your creativity
0: The way that I use my creativity is in the form of writing. So as you previously mentioned, I have a blog and then I also do some more like free writing uh, such as journaling and then I do some on the side just as a freelance uh, way. So there's that and then there's like more traditional things like drawing and painting And then, as you also mentioned, I felt, and that's thanks to Amy from Olives and Bananas. I went back in my email because I wanted to see, like, when did I start felting? Because I could not remember the year. I was like, was it 2017? It Mm -hmm. turns out it was, like, towards the end of 2016. Okay. I was like, wow, I can't believe I've been felting for that long. Like, almost five years. I would say less traditional methods of like, or ways of creativity would just be like content creation in general, like photo shoots and like creating a certain look, podcasting, hello. And also marketing. I think you have to be very creative when it comes to that, like subject lines and how you're attracting the intention of your target audience. And then dialing, whether it's like my outfits or my home i love that and like finding you know new ways to wear old things that's like a nice creative challenge and then i want to add two new-ish ones and that is (laughs) i don't know how i know how i got into it's because i was basically redoing my linkedin But I just did not think that I would get so into creating LinkedIn banners. So this is like uh, just beyond, like beside your profile picture sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was just on Canva and I was playing around with it. And then I was like, wow, this is so much fun. And then I started asking my coworkers. I'm like, can I design a LinkedIn banner for you? (laughs) They're like, yeah, feel free. And I just.
1: Shout out to Canva, by the way. Oh my god, yes. Isn't it the makes,
0: best? Yeah, it makes, it makes people who aren't graphic designers' lives so much easier. I have a question. So
1: yep.
0: are there any creative endeavors or projects that you want to take up in the future or something that you thought of being like, Hey, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like, you know, maybe in the next couple of years I'll, I'll, I'll try this thing.
1: Well, all my free time now goes to podcasting. Cause I suddenly have two podcasts. <laughs> How did that happen?
0: Plug, plug, plug.
1: <laughs> well, so, so here's the thing. And I wanted to mention this in conjunction with your discussion of creating LinkedIn banners because you said, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just starting out. I'm not necessarily the best at graphic design. And I think it's important for us to make the point that you do not have to be good at a creative skill to Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. It doesn't matter if you are the world's worst ukulele player, (laughs) you play that ukulele, right? If you just want to strum along and enjoy the experience of learning the ukulele, you do it. It doesn't matter how good Mm. you are. Same with anything creative. Mm -hmm. Behind all the best creations, there's so many failures. There's so many awkward things, right? Like our listeners have no idea how much I cut out of these podcast episodes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, There's there's definitely some stuff that you guys don't want (laughs) to (laughs) hear.
1: Anyway, so... I like that you asked me like, what would I like to be creating or trying to create in the future? Because that just gets me thinking about like, well, what am I not good at right now, but maybe want to try to get better at in the future? Yeah. I think I want to continue on this journey when it comes to like fashion and home decor, as I mentioned, I want to feel more comfortable expressing myself in ways that are not words. Mm. Because words are my refuge i've Mm -hmm. always been better at writing even than speaking And, and i'm not saying i don't value my words still but i know that a lot of people don't have time to read my magnificent blog posts and stuff so you know as i get more comfortable with how i express myself and my gender and just everything about my personality you know i want to be creative in how that's manifesting I've, I've all i've already started that you know i've got accessories and i i pair different things together to make totally new outfits most days so there's that and then related to that and we again we did a whole episode on this go back listen to our back catalog listeners you got so much to catch up on <laughs> um makeup
0: mm-hmm.
1: i want to get confident enough with my makeup skills that i can start to create good looks for myself and i say that like i'm already happy with the basic looks that i do right now but i feel like there is an untapped potential out there that Mm -hmm. will unfold itself as i acquire more skills at makeup
0: wow those are those are all like really really great things and It's nice that you have like a starting point for for Mm -hmm. most of them and you just want to like build build up your skill level. I think that's that's pretty cool too. I think for me, related to like graphic design, I don't necessarily want to get super into that. Like I Mm -hmm. would like to maybe be a little, I would like to improve that skill, but I don't by any means wanna like become a professional in that area. Mm -hmm. But i would like to learn more like digital art okay because i feel like i see it a lot and i'm like oh it's so cool like this person drew a portrait Mm -hmm. and you know they have like their flair to it they have their style and i don't know i think i would i know that there are a lot lot of great apps out there so I, i would like to at least try I would like to probably improve my skills when it comes to felting because like you mentioned before, I think we often compare ourselves to people maybe who have been in a certain field of creativity for a long time and we compare our pieces of work to theirs. Like sometimes I look at my felting and I compare it to Amy's and I'm just like, oh, like hers is just so good and refined and she has like her own her own unique ex- expression or her, her own unique way of doing it and how do I get to that level? But then I also have to remind myself, okay, you've been doing this for like a handful of years and Amy has been doing it for like what, like 20 plus years? I don't know the exact <laughs> number, but <laughs> – Something that I've been meaning to try, and I swear I will by the end of the year, is needlepoint. And I'm not sure, like, the difficulty level of it, but all I know is that you need the hoop, you need the canvas material, and then you need some thread and a needle and some instructions, of course. But I'd like to start with something simple, just see if I even like it. I think for me, I like more... I guess, like, detailed. Like, I like looking at the nitty-gritty, even if it takes, like, a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you like more of the less nitty-gritty? Well, I don't know, Hmm. because...
1: I mean, I get pretty into it when I'm doing my knitting and stuff, right?
0: Yeah. But, you know, do you know what I mean? It's almost like, Because I remember you saying, like, oh, needle felting is just so... Like, you're working with such a tiny little needle.
1: Well, yes, part of it, because I don't have tiny little hands. (laughs) 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 Like, I've never tried needle felting. I hope to try it with you this summer.
0: Yes, me too. You
1: you know, I'm not saying I I don't... It's not that I don't think I would enjoy it. I think I'd probably enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but... I think I only have so much bandwidth for crafting Mm. and knitting currently consumes most of that bandwidth. So Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily shopping around for additional crafting hobbies right now.
0: Mm -hmm. That that makes total sense. I think
1: like if I didn't know how to knit or if I were like, you know what, I want to take a break from knitting for a few months. Sure. I could pick up needle felting as an alternative, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: but we all, have so much bandwidth for different parts of our life and Mm -hmm. at the moment when it comes to like well what am I going to craft what's my crafty hobby I'm good with just knitting it's like sometimes people are like oh do you know how to crochet and I'm like no Mm -hmm. and I have no interest in learning how to crochet even though like it's perhaps some like in some ways it's easier to learn than knitting um Mm -hmm. and I, I could learn it I just don't really want to because any time i spend crocheting something would take away from knitting and i'm not interested in making that trade off right now.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's a really yeah. great point. I feel like i wanted to ask you like what what was your creativity like when you were younger? Like what did you oh,
1: okay. You know, didn't realize this was going to be a therapy session. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think now. I was a super creative kid. I had a very active imagination. You know, I've always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was a wee lass. And I would like <laughs> put a, a chalkboard up in front of the window so I would make up like class lists with student names so I could take attendance. And I, would you know, find cool articles in National Geographic Kids magazine to read with my class and I teach like I teach whole lessons I'm like this is how you multiply like
0: oh my gosh that is so cute I know that's adorable Um, but yeah
1: like I was super creative Uh, I did take piano lessons when I was a kid and I enjoyed playing piano and it's something I want to get back to but again to me that's more of like a technical skill that I would have rather than something that I would necessarily do in a creative capacity. I'm not sure I would ever really just like riff on the piano, like some people are (laughs) capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of my creativity was bound up when I was younger in my interests, like in the TV shows I liked, you know, I would do a lot of stuff related to Star Trek because I was super, super into Star Trek. I still am super into Star Trek, but like when you're younger, when you are a preteen and an adolescent, everything is more intense, right? Your emotions are on Mm -hmm. overdrive. Mm -hmm. And I find that the creativity of teenagers is different as a result from the creativity of adults. I'm not going to say it's better or worse because I don't think that's fair to make that kind of comparison. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you are younger, the way that you create is influenced by the intensity of these emotions that you're feeling often for the first time and often without much world experience to process them. So sometimes your way of processing them is through this creativity.
0: Mm. Oh my God, that is so true. I totally remember like having really strong feelings and then just being like, okay, like I'm going to use this and draw or paint or do something. I love that you said like you would you would play like teacher when you're younger. That's so cute. And like imagine yourself being like a different person. And it's so true. Like when you're younger, you just have this like expansive unlimited imagination. And I'm not saying as adults we don't, but I I think sometimes we kind of like cut ourselves off or we don't allow ourselves to be as, you know, imaginative.
1: Well, the energy we put into using our imagination gets siphoned away by things like work. Totally. Girls, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's a reason that we compare, especially artists and liken them to children. And it's because people who successfully harness their imagination as adults are similar to children in that they channel a lot of their energy into their imagination and so i don't think it's that we lose our imagination or our creativity when we grow up i think it's just unfortunately in our current society most people are just too exhausted
0: to Mm. invest
1: as much time in creativity as they would like to
0: Mm -hmm. no i think that's that's so true I remember when I was younger, so funny, I would pretend like I was an assistant. Ah. Like, I would pretend like, you know, I would have like this little like microphone and I'd be like, okay, like she can take your, like she'll, she's free at like this time and blah, blah, blah. And I would like pretend to like type on a computer or like write notes. And I just... I loved that because I just love like pretending like I was like organizing like somebody's schedule or somebody's
1: life. It's so funny because I like that we both ended up doing something that was very similar to what we did as kids, right? Like I played at teacher and I became a teacher. You played at being an assistant and... Now, you're not quite an assistant, but in your <laughs> professional capacity, you're organizing things and scheduling things mm-hmm. and taking notes, you know, and then going to Oh my to gosh, meetings.
0: it's so true. It's so, so true. I mean, when, when I was in high school, I adored visual arts. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, I would prioritize that class over any class. I'm like, oh, I have, like, art like an art assignment. Okay, like I'm going to finish it as soon as I can and I'm going to work on it. And I love the process. You know, I did I did consider at one point continuing on with visual arts and becoming some oh, sort so of artist. Yeah, and but I remember being like you know, like it's not that I didn't feel like I didn't have the skills cuz I I feel like I could have done that, but I was like do I want to be like forced to create you know what I mean like forced to create art and in a certain way too right the way Mm -hmm. that it's taught maybe in university it's very structured and then I hated this is the part of art class that I just could not stand was for certain projects and especially in grade 12 we would have to explain our artwork like explain the inspiration explain like what this piece means to you like give like a blurb, give, give a description. And I was like, oh man, like now I feel like I'm using a totally different part of my brain and having to kind of like bullshit this because sometimes you don't even know where your inspiration came from. Oh, we could get into the art gallery too, because.
1: <laughs> so just a little context for those of you who don't regularly listen to us. Becky and I both worked for many, many years at the mm-hmm. Thunder Bay Art Gallery at the front desk and that's actually how we met (laughs) i i can actually credit the art gallery with most of my irl significant friendships as an adult so yeah i kind of grew up there basically because i worked there since i was 16
0: um yeah you worked there for like a while too i mean we both did but
1: Um, Yeah, so obviously when you work at the art gallery, you are exposed to very concentrated doses (laughs) of artists. Mm -hmm. You know, I I learned so much about artists as personalities there, both dealing with them and just experiencing them in their natural habitat, as it were. And something I always like to talk about is how I didn't consider myself an artistic person going into the job I really only applied because I wanted a summer job it seemed like a good place to work mm-hmm. unlike some of our colleagues who were like visual arts students mm-hmm. and I would say that after working there for about 11 years still not an artistic person you know people will ask me and I'll be like I don't really care about visual art you know people will ask me what I think of the exhibit that's on mm-hmm.
0: and I'm just like
1: I don't care um and, and, <laughs> Don't get me wrong i understand the value of visual arts in our society and i will fight for more funding to the arts i'm not trying to devalue that but for me personally from an aesthetic point of view visual art can speak to me but it doesn't speak to me as reliably as literature you know i said before mm words work for me both in terms of how I use them in my life but also that's how I absorb things I love reading I love reading novels they make me feel emotions far more than visual stimulation does so despite working at the art gallery for so long like I'm sure that it has had like an impact on my creativity but I wouldn't say that it changed my appreciation of the visual arts significantly. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, it's it's just so interesting because, like you said, we, we had a concentrated dose of interacting with artists.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that there's a spectrum like any other industry. But, and I don't want to, like, you know, generalize or stereotype too much, but I feel like because there's such you know, creative thinkers, and it's like out of the box. And, and that's sort of how their mind works is that they tend to not be like super organized individuals. (laughs) And I'm not saying all of them, I'm saying some of them. And then also, you get this range of artists who are very humble, and down to earth, and then you also get ones, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say this, but they're a little bit pretentious about their art and about mm-hmm. the art world. They're like a bit of art snobs, I would say. So you mm-hmm. you get you definitely have this like range of, of course, personalities and and skill set. And then you also have, I feel like we've we've had a couple of them at the art gallery, but they're but because they're like you know, free thinkers, that sort of thing. Some of them tend to be like a little like hippy dippy, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. which is
0: interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, it it just exposes you to like a different world. And I just remember going to the art gallery as a kid and just the feel of it just being, I don't know, just just this the smell was like nostalgic. (laughs) Okay, so just to wrap things up a little bit, I would just like to maybe shout out some of my favorite artists. And if you have some artists that you love, we would love to hear about that as well because I always like uh, seeing other people's creative projects and, um, yeah, learning about new artists in general. So a couple of people from Thunder Bay, like Vic Whelan. I have an abstract painting from her of The Sleeping Giant. It's in my bedroom. And then I have a piece from Sarah Dufresne. She has, again, uh, very abstract paintings. I have a pretty large piece um, that's like light pink. And then I also love macrame. I think that's such a cool craft and, and art. So I have a piece by macrame and Driftwood. And then... The last person from Thunder Bay that I would like to shout out is Jean Marshall. She's an Indigenous artist and she's so extremely talented. She specializes in beadwork and I own a pair of her moccasins. And then some Montreal artists that I admire, Claire Desjardins. I did a little bit of marketing for her and I love her sort of like slogan or saying, artist. I don't know if it's kind of like an artist statement. So she she always says, hi, it's really nice to meet you. I help to create happiness by infusing moments of joy in everyday lives. So I, I like that. I think that's a, a nice uh, statement. And she has more, again, abstract art. It's very, very colorful. And then teen adult. So on, in her Instagram bio, she puts not quite grown visual artist, which I think is so cute. And uh, she's a black artist who creates funky paintings. And she has a lot of like really cool collabs going on. So nice. Yeah.
1: I can't really think of any specific artists. As I said before, that stuff kind of washes over me. However, at the risk of maybe embarrassing you and your collaborators, I will say I really admire you and Victoria and Marie for what you're doing at Mimosa Marketing. I see what you do on Instagram and I see the photos that Vic posts on her feed and, you know, the photos that you post. And, Aw,
0: that was such a nice compliment. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. All right, Becky, it is time to say goodbye. But before we do, how can our listeners get in touch with us?
0: So we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We just like to talk. And you can also email us. We just like to talk at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on most places you would listen to podcasts.
1: Yay. Yay. I will leave us with this thought, Becky, which is that I believe creativity compounds mm. when you're with Creative people. When you're talking to creative people, it makes you feel more creative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes we create great things together, right? Like I would not be able to do this podcast without you.
0: Hmm. Same here, my friend. And I love that. <laughs>